Speaking of eating cock, welcome to episode 54 of Morning Brew. I am, of course, Adam Sharon. I'm Stephen Burke. Is 54 a particular sex joke? Is that a sex act? I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, you can't, I, I haven't, I'm a good Christian boy. I haven't had sex yet. I'm waiting until the one year wedding anniversary. You have to be super married. Everyone some, knows that. Some, peop- some people Four like to lose it on the day of the wedding. I think that just shows a lack of commitment to the good Lord. Yeah. I yeah. am a good Christian boy, so I am waiting the year as intended. Yeah, that's gauche. Actually, that's quite appropriate because I was just thinking that uh, 54, 5 plus 4 equals 9, which equates just waiting on the bed. It just that's just sleep. <laughs> that's having a nap. No, I think your mouth is open in that circumstance. I mean, I mean it can be. <laughs> if you want, I suppose, just waiting. Yeah. Just waiting. Although if you're the nine, are you face down waiting? <laughs> just face into the quilt, open mouth waiting, arse in the air. <laughs> Foundation, yes. Oh. No wonder he loves us in Trinidad and Tobago. Oleo, Trinidad Tobago. Also, shout out to all of our new listeners in Eastern Eastern Hong Kong, not, not, not just Eastern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that picture I sent the other day. That's because I keep saying stay off the west side. That that picture I sent the other day was our analytics of some guy in Eastern, our girl, I would assume guy though, it's mostly it's mostly young men or older women that listen to this. And if you're in Hong Kong, probably a young guy. Um, there's someone in Eastern, Eastern Hong Kong that had been listening to a whole bunch of the podcast. So shouts out, hope you like it, I guess. Did we not like um, decide that uh, all these random geolocation results were the, just the result of people listening through proxies? At a certain stage, I don't know. But if you're using a VPN, why would you set it to Hong Kong, of all places? You know yeah, what I mean? You're right there. Like Wait, I'm assuming you mean some to say of we're the not U- in Hong Kong. Some of the US ones are definitely weird because it's like, oh, it's yeah, of course, this guy in Eastern Louisville, you know, 17 miles outside of Kentucky, listens to it. And it's like I don't think so. I don't think they have internet there. That doesn't sound real to me. <laughs> But like when it's like really bizarre, when it's like, oh, it's a Hong Kong listener, it's like that's a that would be a strange VPN choice. That would be a weird one. Mm. Well, let's get ourselves banned in Hong Kong right now. A guide to okay. the most important chance of Hong Kong's protests uh, from Quartz.com. Say it loud. Uh, restore Hong Kong, revolution of our times. Reclaim Hong Kong, revolution of our times. Liberate, reclaim. Carrie Lam can go fucking die. Go away, Carrie Lam. We we don't want any. Beijing rule over here. No direct rule from the mainland. Thank you very much. Hong Kongers, add oil. Keep it up and keep going. That's what it means. You see. Five demands, not one less. Five core demands. The government demands are the complete withdrawal of the extradition bill. I mean, look, that's... That's, that's fair. Sale, but I suppose this is an article from... That's a good demand, though. You 2019. High. Yeah. Uh, reclaim Hong Kong, Revolutionary Times... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, five demands. Let's see the other one. Liberate, reclaim. Kong Fak Kyung Kong Si Doi Gak Ming. Reclaim Hong Kong, revolution of our times. That's what it means in Cantonese. Kong Fak Kyung You said revolution of our times, or is that a That's the, well, it's the, it's the saying, yo. Kong Fak Kyung Kong Si Doi Gak Ming. I think. Yeah, Kongish. Ah, okay. Apparently that's a little local patois. BDI, my goo would gay. Cool. Okay, if we're not banned in Hong if we weren't banned in Hong Kong, we are now. Let's see, yeah, your, your speech is going to get cut off halfway through. Five demands, not one less. There are no rioters, only a tyrannical regime. Hong Fair. Kong police, Hong Kong police know the law, but break it. Ooh, spicy. What are they, guards? Steve, <laughs> <laughs> the CCP's already got you, Steve. Yeah, Those that's, that's weapons. That'll be, that'll yeah. be another shock. I knew it came from I knew it came from mainland China. That's COVID twenty getting you right there. The China syndrome. The slow developing coronavirus. It started in twenty twenty and it's still <laughs> COVID still not got me as far as I can tell. No, I mean neither. I don't no. have that cough, but I tested tested negative every day. 
every every time I've t- gotten sick, I've done a bunch of tests, and they've always been negative. Yeah. Um, and I had this conversation with Dan recently, where like people have said to me, "Oh, that could have been a that could have been a false negative." And I was like, "Right, what are the odds that every test I ever do is a fucking false negative?" You know, I I think odds wise, I'm I'm okay. One of them is going to turn up positive eventually, and it didn't. You, it never happened. You just have, you have weird antigens; they don't kind of capture them. You actually have like the next version of COVID, where they can, they're, it's so advanced they can't test it. Sorry, Man, I'm not a coward with it either. I I do it the proper way, anally, and all the way in. And I'm telling you, it's always negative. To go from rectum to nostril, everyone knows that. Sorry, let me tell you, the sneeze is fucking hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I think starting, I think starting by talking about jackass has really ruined the flow of this podcast. I think we've, I think we've killed it. This, <laughs> this is terrible. What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> face down ass up dicks being eaten fucking anal covid tests what happened we're not you even like 10 me. minutes in you said the so second one <laughs> the pronunciation of the ccp so i think you know in terms of serious versus profane coming in right in the middle which is where we want to be i watched a a movie the other day paid paid very good money four entire euro to rent this film. Gross, why? Uh, it's, it's nothing else on. Figured, fuck it, let's watch a movie. Where do you rent a movie for four euros? Would you not have uh, gone to a cinema and bought a Coke for that money? No. I don't drink Coke. Then go back home. Can, can I have, can I have an... Can I have an espresso cup of Diet Coke? I have four euro. <laughs> um, That's literally I, what you'd have to pay in... in like I went to, I was in UCI in Blanche there. I went to see Doctor Strange last last Friday, maybe. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what they that's what they were charging for a small coke. Cineworld charged me. Cineworld charged me three fifteen one time for a bottle of water, and I'm still mad about it. I'm Fuck still me. angry. Three fifteen for a bottle of fucking water. Drinking the toilets. <laughs> better Dan, if I had known ahead of time, I would have went in and sucked from the fucking tap. Yeah. Held it in my mouth till I was thirsty. Swallowed yeah. little bits at a time. That's how you save money. That's how you work. That's how finances work. Get me on that RTE show, how to be good at money. I'll teach you. <laughs> save you 60 quid every time you go to the cinema. No, I seen uh, I, I rented the new Scream movie that came out in January. And it's about what you'd expect, except for one really disturbing scene where they got Skeet Ulrich in as a cameo for the new Scream, <laughs> who obviously dies in the very first movie, very first villain in the movie, dies never in the season series again because he's dead. Uh, they got him in, but I guess they realized, man, Skeet Ulrich is really old now, you know, because it's been a very fucking long time since he was in the first movie. So they did that weird CGI shit to de-age them. Oh, yeah. And I swear to God, it's so fucking bad and it doesn't look anything like Skeet Ulrich that they might as well have just got like a random kid that kind of looks like him in to like pretend to be Skeet Ulrich. It's so weird. It's so like, you know, you way you've seen the really, really bad ones lately where like they do the DH thing and it's like, oh, this is this is terrible. This is like not good at all. This is probably the worst one I've ever seen. This wow. is like, it's so bad that I, they must have done it on an extreme budget and they just went, fuck it. That's all we're doing with it. Does it look worse than those mid-naughties prosthetics that they used to add for things? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it looks awful. He has like a weird, like, greasy glare off his head the whole time, but not even as if it was, like, wax. Because it's CGI. So it's like a weird, like, it's it's awful. It's really bad. It's the worst effect they could have possibly done. Has the aging ever been done well? No. Uh, not really, but at least other times it's kind of like, eh, okay. Like, the Will Smith's Gemini Man thing was like, this is probably like as good as we're gonna get just like pretend it's not awful the Ben Platt in that fucking musical movie that was bad this is worse <laughs> the, the CGI de-aging in, in Scream is worse it's the worst I've ever seen like I don't know how they fucking this, this is a big budget movie not like huge budget but like they put like good money into this and I don't know why they, they wasted all that money on that CGI it's really bad Movie itself, though, pretty all right. 
Um, so, uh, okay, uh, who, who doesn't care if they get Doctor Strange spoilers? I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> well, if you do, if you do uh, think you care about getting uh, Doctor Strange spoilers, I would suggest advancing the tape five minutes or something. And either going to be some serious spoilers if they last five minutes. Yeah. Come back in five minutes time, and then he explodes in there. I'm gonna put five minutes. I'm gonna put five minutes of blanking just to if, push it up to right here. If Doctor Strange. Um, I'll put it this way. If Doctor Strange uh, really appeals to you as a film and you haven't seen it at this stage, oh, by the time this episode is released, uh, four weeks since its release date, um, then I would suggest taking your earbuds out of your ears and counting to, say, 600. Slowly, like. One, two, three. Starting right about now. So, I went and saw Doctor Strange. It's fine. It's a film. It was something to do. And towards the end, um, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, Dr. Stephen Strange. Uh, it's like your name. Yep. Just like my name. Same first name. Stephen. See? Steve. And, and I don't think anyone calls him Stephen, the thing. Maybe somebody does. Uh, uses uh, dark magic to possess, uh, possess his own multiverse corpse from his own universe and use it to go and do his bidding uh, back in the uh, his normal universe, possessing it from another universe. That's kind of cool. Evil book. Yeah, it was pretty rad, not going to lie. It was it was a pretty good... Didn't see this coming. He, like, he buries the body early on in the film, and you're like, okay, yeah, gotcha. Not going to need that again. He's just laid his friend to rest. Aha! Da, 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 da. Half-rotten corpse just falls up. Don't know how the corpse managed to decay that much in what seems to be the space of about three days... Um, of uh of time but maybe time advances different speeds in different universes and maybe the pigeons gone to him i don't know anyway corpse zaps his way over to wherever it is he's going and he has to go fight the scarlet witch uh except he looks like nelson mandela as played by harry enfield because the uh the corpse is played of course by benedict cumberbatch with just a lot of wax makeup on so he looks fucking so mawkish so terrible. He looks like mid naughties peep show, like uh, like Bam Margera dressing up in uh, like as an old man or something. Like all of those old man versions of things. That's what it looks like. And it's it prosthetics. Is it makeup or what is it? Terrible prosthetics. Really, really badly done prosthetics. Like okay, it's really dramatic, but also it looks like his his forehead is two inches deeper. It just looks like his forehead is just built on top of the rest of his forehead. So he's got a gigantic Easter Island head. Yeah. I'm uh I'm I'm fine with prosthetics and things, even if they look goofy. Um provided that they fit. Um, um but, but like I think the Marvel movies take themselves too seriously to have like shitty prosthetics. Like it's it's not charming in that kind of environment because they they're not being silly and goofy. They're trying to be really serious. <laughs> and I think that's probably oh, not okay. great. But I'm just, no, I was just sitting there in the cinema just thinking, like, I don't know someone down. Like, that was the sketch that immediately came to my came to mind. <laughs> was Harry Anfield doing Elsa Mandala, for which he's since been cancelled, of course, because he did it in blackface. But, hello, I am Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Why don't you buy my malt liquor for children? <laughs> uh, that's really weird. It's the teething coach. Nelson Mandela's TV coat. <laughs> you know what's really weird as well? TV coat. How does it look so shit when you have a hundred million dollars to piss away on a fucking movie? But that's what I was left thinking. I was like, I've paid 17 euro to see this in IMAX and this is what it looks like. Apparently it's chaos in the um, in a lot of the special effects department at the moment because there's like, still like a COVID backlog people are working through. So yeah. apparently like yeah. special effects have gotten noticeably shitter in the last like few. But I guess Black Panther was Black Panther was super shit special effects was, and it was like I understand. Ago. I understand there's a special effects problem. I get that. If you're Disney and like you'd normally spend say a hundred grand on a certain scene, give them two hundred. That's fine. It's your movie's gonna make the money back. They always make like a billion fucking dollars. What's it matter? Is it a big problem now that they're shooting everything on sound stages and refusing to use any real life from faking anymore? I mean, sure in fairness, all the money. I mean, in fairness, that's how Disney does all their Marvel stuff, basically. Anyway, 
imagine if they shot the film in this universe. Do you think? Do you think there's a point of inflection where com- that comes where like they save money doing that? I mean, yeah, yeah, they would because they'd own the stages and stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, I, I think I know, that's how they've know, been doing it for a while. I think, I think, like since a couple yeah. of Avengers ago, I think most of them are very heavy. Like, hey, we're just on a big green screen stage speaking to a tennis ball on a stick, and then you know that gets animated into a fucking raptor or whatever when the film comes out. With the th- I didn't like my understanding is that they like the Marvel Studio completely recreated New York from scratch. Like the GTA game developers, shot for shot, redid New York in the CGI 3D environment. So that's why the scenes from New York in every single fucking one of them, because they just have to, they're just reusing and the assets, sweating they, the assets. They never go to Salem. Oh, not Salem, that's Harlem. They never go to Harlem. Never go to Harlem. You know, yeah. never turn up in New Jersey. What's that about? Always Manhattan. Hmm? Notable. Queens. Um, yeah, well, that's Stanley's from New York, right? Isn't that why all of us comment like every fucking superhero lives in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the company's headquarters are there, so yeah, it was easier for him to be like, "What does that street look like?" I know, I'll just walk five minutes away and yeah. do it oh, yeah. and check. I fucking, I love the idea that they all just live around New York City, like just like fucking Captain America's living in a studio somewhere. And Stanley wasn't. He, it's not like he's from Brooklyn. It's not like he's from Hoboken, New Jersey. It's not like he's from upstate New York. It's not like he's from Long Island. Apparently, he was literally born and reared in Manhattan. That would make be sense. like super. I mean, I guess he's, it's less rare. You know, it was less rare back then. But now, how many people are born and reared in fucking in the CBD? Few enough, I'd say. The corner of West 98th Street and West End Avenue. I don't know. I've never been to. I've never been to New York. I've only read about it in books and seen it in films for my entire life. I liked Manhattan, but I also found it incredibly stressful to move around because everyone else is moving around just as like fast as you. It's sometimes even faster, so you can't stop for a second. That's why I find cities so stressful. I'm like, I better know where I'm fucking going because if I need to stop, I'm just going to get trampled. Yeah. I think it's a lot of trauma from how fast I died in The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> Another Disney film. I bet there was no live action in that one either. All a soundstage. Huh. One of his yeah, early jobs was writing part-time for the write, part-time writing press releases for the National Tuberculosis Center. There's a blast from the 1940s, my friend. That's how you know someone was born in the 20s. When the Avengers got together, their first big villain was tuberculosis. Probably was. I'm <laughs> Dr. Mr. T. But where do you think ideas like Iron Man come from originally? Concepts like the Iron Lung. Iron Man is specifically made as a um, as a shot at hippies. What? That's not a joke. He he literally he he got sick of hippies, ah. and so he made Iron Man, who literally is the capitalist superhero. His nice. whole thing is that I'm super rich. Look at all my super rich shit, and that's that's Iron Man, and that's why he that's, that's why that's he wrote all- it. That's obvious. Iron Man, Iron Man, they're way too similar. <laughs> a lot of his, uh, a lot of his superheroes are really just kind of. Are we having another Marvel conversation? Sorry for starting. You started it. I know. A lot of, a lot of his characters that he made are really time? just. Have we run out of spoiler time? Is the spoiler countdown finished now? I'd say this. What? Sure. Spoiler something else. Go on. Before we run out. Uh. No, the, the only other film that I've seen recently that I could possibly spoil for people is, um, oh, Red October, The Defect. They're there defecting. That's what they're doing. They're defecting. Okay, so we're, we're out of spoilers now. No more spoilers. Yeah, I think I think a lot Spoiler. of these... Sean Connery is supposed to be Lithuanian in that movie. Fuck. <laughs> I just said no more spoilers. Now everyone's been spoiled. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure like Stanley's whole like creation process is that he looks out his window and says, "I don't like that," and then he makes like a superhero based on it. Toaster man. I'm pretty sure that was the whole. I'm pretty sure that was the whole X Men shtick. Was the X Men are completely made based on segregation, and then you have Iron Man, who's a capitalist superhero because he was mad at hippies, and he probably just goes down the list. He just you know he's seen a fucking spider in the corner of his room. He's like Spider Man, Lamp Man. Yeah. He actually he was protected sex man. He wrote Spider Man to bully high school nerds. He, the entire purpose of Spider Man is so he could write those Flash Thompson scenes at the beginning. He didn't give a shit about the rest of it. He just have to continue with them. 
It's also really funny. If you look at it, I haven't looked, I, I, I was reading about Stanley years ago um, before he passed away. But if you look at his actual like contributions when he makes a character, it's like he works on like the first like 80 issues and then he gives it up and he's like, yeah, someone else work on this now. I'm going to go make Captain Hawkman. And then he goes off because that literally like it's like, yeah, he it's like he wrote Spider-Man's issues uh, one through 100. It's like, what are we on now? 22,000. It's like, oh, OK. So this guy really <laughs> like beyond for which I think that's sort of my dream is you create an IP, you do just enough to get the ball rolling and then people will take it over for you. Like the oh, that's that's, a, that's literally his whole career. He's like, yeah, look at this X-Men shit. Isn't that great? Anyway, someone else take this over. I have to go deal with I have to go deal with Squirrel Girl. The majority of like Game of Thrones media now is everyone but George R. R. Martin, but he gets the credit for it because it's still like, wow, what a rich universe. Yeah, he definitely hasn't done half of that. What? That's because he refuses to work. <laughs> he should just tell people he's retired. That's what I'd fucking do. I do think there was a real progenitor of the Game of Thrones universe. It's medieval Britain and Ireland, baby. Woo! I do like that. Um, That's right. We've got betrayal. We've got people getting stabbed in the back. We've got engineers. We've got people who aren't really recognized as kings pretending they're kings anyway. We also have the construction of the concept of kingship into statehood. Yeah. yeah look, that's, that's just the Sorry. perfect attitude of fake it till you make it. Yeah. If, if you that's say that Game of Thrones... Is, you can say Game of Thrones is based on the War of the Roses, but there's no one in Game of Thrones, not even Daenerys Targaryen, who is a name as stupid as Perkin Warbeck. So... <laughs> or as fantastic as Bentley Purchase. <laughs> Hello. For so those who don't, there were two um, pretenders, not pretenders, there were people who pretended to be um, the claimant to the throne, but they were actually peasants who, who rose up against Henry VII. One of them was called Perkin Warbeck, the other was called Lambert Simnel. So I imagine that Henry. Mad names that like that, didn't they? And that's before you even get into the like chastity and modesty stuff, but that came but later, really. Everyone went to the mad name, but the king was called Henry. Like having a queen, I don't know what the really normal name now. Queen Ashley. It wouldn't work. If you were to have a if you were to fancy up your name, you know, regular names, Adam Sheridan, bleh, who cares? Fancy it up. Get a new brand new name. Big, big out there name. What would you what would you pick? Chimboje. It's pretty good. That's what I used to think um uh your man from Blur was singing in song too. I thought I got my head shaved by Ichimboje. Turns out it's by Ichimboje. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. I got my head shaved by a jumbo jet. That explains a lot. By it, but by a jumbo jet is way better. Who's a jumbo jet? Why is he going around shaving people's heads? Would you, awesome. get, a, would you get a haircut from somebody with H in their name? I wouldn't. I would not. Probably. He sounds like a philosopher. He sounds like he was very important in like 16th century atheism or something. Uh, I'd rather do that than a fucking jumbo jet shave my fucking head. I don't know. Stay still. I'm not very dexterous. Shave <laughs> <laughs> off your entire head. Oh, I'm getting better. <laughs> or a sentient jumbo jet. That would that would be terrifying too. That'd be way worse. Uh, I think um, people always go on about like the, the famous misheard lyrics, and like the the one that people always bring up is um, from Purple Rain by Jimi Hendrix, where they say they thought it was "Excuse me, when I kiss this guy," and that was like this great transgressive moment. Oh yeah, but. I feel like if anything that misheard lyric has lost its power uh, as as the transgression of kissing another man has gone down. Which is, I think, people are just hearing the normal lyric now because there's no uh, there's there's no fun in hearing the the wrong lyric. But also, you nah. don't you don't get to rediscovery though, isn't it? Yeah, but there's no there is no um there is no wrong lyrics anymore because now you just fucking type in you know, Iggy Azalea or whatever, and it tells you the words, you're like, oh, I was stupid, never mind. Or true. if you look for country and Irish songs, the lyrics are never online. That's because that's country FM or whatever is the only place that listens to yeah, it. Exactly. But they're not online. You look for, uh, for instance, the lyrics to the uh, famous Twin Cam song. Did I talk about this last week? No, I didn't. Nope. Uh, I can't make out half of them because the Donegal accent on the singer is so strong. It is a banger, though. He's talking about driving cars and rallying. It's very funny. If the crossroads are empty, give her plenty. And if you're in <laughs> doubt, differ out. And I don't know what the next line is. Something, something, something. For different figure eights. Something else. 
Yeah. I mean, either there are certain that there are certain. Oh, no, something about and shape. He, he keeps breaking something on his car, possibly tires, and he says, "Make sure you get that shape." That would make sense. That would make sense. Is this one of those where even when you know what it is, you still can't really hear it, right? Well, I'm speculating wildly about what it might be. I think the line might be, I think the line might be, she'll fly through brand new tires, so make sure you get them shape. Be sure you get them shape. She'll fly. She'll fly. <laughs> it might, might be. Might be. I don't know. I mean, that make makes sense. Sure they don't chafe. Maybe you want tires that don't chafe. No, no, he, he's getting them cheap. I know that much for sure, but I'm just not sure what he's getting for cheap. Anyone knows the lyrics to the Twin Cam song? Send them on to me there. Make sure <laughs> I mean, you get them cheap. And if they're listening, they can send, send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's free. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> Some Twin Cams have laptops in them for boosting the engines and stuff. I think I think I saw that in a film once. Is that and you think they'd be listening to this via the laptop in the... Of course, you have to download it somehow, baby. Yeah. Nobody's iPods are working anymore. Fair. Yeah. I found my old iPod this morning. Uh, it's like, oh, let's see what my top most my top 25 most played or whatever that feature was that I had. And it was all the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was 25 Red Hot Chili Peppers song. No, 24 Red Hot Chili Peppers songs and one job for Shanty song. Did you have any podcasts on it? I did not. I know that's not true. I did technically, but they were all just college humor sketches from 2010, which tells you how long. No, 2010, 2008, which shows you how long it's been since I've properly used my iPod. <laughs> that would make I sense. I used to watch the Keith Olbermann show on my iPod a lot. Go <laughs> figure. I've only ever seen clips of him talking about shit soccer is and how great baseball is. Yeah, he loves baseball. I uh, hate soccer. I think this was, I think it was the tail end of the Bush years I was watching these. Tail end of the Bush years and the start of the Obama administration, so circa circa two thousand and seven to two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. It was a great time to be a loud mouth liberal. Oh yeah, great time. Unlike now where, you know, all the loud mouth liberals like Bill Maher turn out to be clowns. He used to call Bill O'Reilly Bill the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good actually, I like that. Yeah, it was really funny. It's, it was a bit like the, a bit like all those whatever the Trevor Noah thing or whatever. And, uh, yeah, late. The, John, no, yeah, like the late thing John Oliver does. Like John Oliver. Yeah, like yeah. Like John Oliver does stuff now. Night current affairs. See. Yeah. That just happened to be part, do a video podcast as well. At a time when nothing else was available as a video podcast, and I wanted to use my iPod video for something. I had the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring on my iPod. Um, the normal two two and a half inch screen. <laughs> yeah, an inch by two inches. Watching watching the fucking pieces of the Lord. I had a PSP at the same time, which I had two movies for. One of them was Black Hawk Down on the like oh, little mini nice. things. It's probably still knocking around somewhere. And the other one was Hitch. Um, no, <laughs> it was a film called Seventeen Blocks. It doesn't sound like Hitch. Is it? No, what do you got against Hitch? Is Will Smith it was a, in it? No, I'll tell you all about it. Is Eva Mendes in it? Probably. Eva Mendes talking about Hitch. That sounds like Hitch to me. Is there a scene where they go to Ellis Island and it turns out that her ancestor was a serial killer and she was really unhappy that he took her there? Because that's, that's in Hitch. That does uh, sound like Hitch. Yeah. Maybe 17 Blocks is like an alternate title. Like that's the what sort of called in like Turkey uh, or something. It's the Albanian version of it. Oh, it's, it was 16 Blocks. Ah, okay. Never heard of that movie either. No. Starring, starring, you'll never guess, right? There, so there's a rapper in it. There is a '90s action hero in it. Both Will Smith. And those are the only people in it whose names I can think of. Neither of them are Will Smith. Who else Will is it? in it that I know? Uh, no, no. Jamie Fox. No, there are no other. No, but you're not a million miles off with Jamie Fox. You said 90s in action, and I, I went for it with Jamie no, no, Foxx. No, no, no. no, no, that was close to the 90s rapper, actually, for whatever reason. I just associate these two men. Much smaller than Jamie Foxx. Actually, Jamie Foxx might be a bum lead. Bruce Evan Hart. Do you mean physically, no. or do you mean like, uh, like star, star power? Did Dan say Bruce Willis? 
did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis is the lead. Okay, well, that's, he's the only 90s action star. And so Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis is charged with, uh, he, he is a cop charged with transporting, hang on, I'll actually read it because I'm not going to remember the plot. He's charged, it, it is a remake of a movie or some sort of concept. It was at that point. Um, Jack, 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 Detective Jack Mosley is an alcoholic burned out and despite a late shift the night before his lieutenant orders him to escort a witness Eddie Bunker from the local custody to the courthouse 16 blocks away to testify on a police corruption case before a grand jury at 10 a.m. And I know exactly who is the the witness. Boss Death. Yes. Ah. You fuck. You fucking weirdo. Halfway through something triggered in my brain of I could remember <laughs> seeing that when I was like six, not even seeing it, reading the review of it when I was like 16 in the Sunday yeah, Times. I, I, I haven't even heard of this movie. I knew 100% certain it was that. The moment you like described half of the plot and this is really specific. <laughs> That's a really specific. I'm sure my brain space could be better dedicated to something else. Well, I didn't know that Mostaf was in Della Soul. I mostly know him from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah. Is he Hitch? Yeah, he is. He's the hiker. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Will Smith playing Hitch going around the galaxy would be amazing. Interstellar dating. And who would Will Smith play? The guy with the three heads? Yeah, Zayfar. No, no. Zayfar Beagle Brooks. He played a fucking depressed robot. Yeah. I would love to see that. No. He still insists on doing that. That's not the Will Smith. You know the one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So here, racist sketches that I saw recently. Uh, I saw a Spike Milliken number, which was um, Oddly very racist. It was called the Pakistani Dalek. It was so bad. Uh, oh, terrific! And all he did was he ran like the, he got, obviously got the Daleks to come across the road from the Doctor Who set and mess up like come home for tea right but he's just put a giant wig on the on the Dalek I don't know what makes it constitute pa- the, the constitute Pakistani was that apart from Spike Brilligan being basically really racist but he just had them ram around a living room and zap everything living in the living room and say put it in the put it in the curry it was terrible <laughs> So Spike Milligan once had a sitcom rejected for being too racist. Oh, there's a shocker. He also had a skit about the Irish space program, which just involved lads running around a cow shed and blowing things up. He wrote a whole book on set in Ireland full of Irish yeah. stereotypes. I mean, he did consider himself Irish, but I'm not sure that, you know, helps. I think that was just a... Not that he needed an excuse at the time, but possibly just a, an out to give himself more scope to present paddywhackery to the Brits. Zero time for that man. I uh, I I have to give the Brits. I have to give the Brits a little bit of leeway when it comes to racism because, quite frankly, I feel like the majority of them are really racist without realizing it. So I always kind of, I like someone will be saying something and then they'll just cut into something extremely racist and no one will find it strange. And it's like, yeah, this tracks. This this makes sense. I'm uh, I'm just gonna skip. What what? So we were watching Come Dine with Me one day. Um, shout out Dave Hogan. <laughs> Roger, come dine with me one day. And <laughs> this woman made what she calls a mix of Chinese food and Indian food. And then she said, I call it Chindia. And she <laughs> made a extremely racial face towards the camera. And they all thought this was great, great television. Uh, and when you the contestants thought it was great because they're like, great, I'm going to win this suspect. That's one contestant out of the out of the way, straight away. And stuff like that will happen. Like, it's not like that happens. And then like there's other stuff as well. Like you'll be watching like one of their little daytime talk shows and they'll be saying something perfectly, like nothing racial about it. And then they'll somehow just kind of slide it in towards the end. And it's like, I don't, I don't know why you did this or how you did this. You were so close. You were so, you were like really so close. It's like when Ricky Gervais, like his little, his little uh, special came out the other day. And I mean, I knew what it was going to be from the start. I didn't watch it. I couldn't give a shit about Ricky Gervais. <laughs> but I seen a quote about it. And if you read the first three quarters of the quote, he is so close, so close to actually understanding what he was trying to say. But he just can't see it. It's that last hurdle. They just can't do it. 
It's just something about them. <laughs> it's, it's, programmed, it's programmed into them. They can't help themselves. Yeah. You know, they'll be literally someone will be walking in, they'll be like, Yeah, geez, we had a great night. It was great being at Dan's wedding. Anyway, here's my friend, here's my favorite sketch, the Pakistani Dalek. And they'll put it up and it's like, I I don't know why you did this. You were so close. You were so close to getting out of here. You just had to had to tie it back. But you know who who entirely knew what they were doing, the Ricky Gervais stuff. Fucking Netflix. Oh, they, fucking uh, longers of uh, of of outrage at this stage. They deliberately just pick the people who are going to just say transphobic shit, and then they can cultivate or you know reap that. Because who cares about actual trans people and how it affects them? Like realistically, though, do they fucking reap anything? <laughs> like if you're looking at Netflix, not, yeah. you know what I mean like they do all this weird shit and it's like you know the anti-trans stuff and the Dave Chappelle stuff and whatever you know and this stuff happens but they don't get any reward from it so why do it I understand people that are shitheads inflammatory shitheads for a paycheck I don't agree with it but I at least understand it like this fucker wants to get paid and they know they're going to get paid pretty well on this platform for doing this shtick so I at least understand. I get the motivation. I don't understand doing it when there's no reward and no upside. That to me is insane. That's crazy. Like, they talk about being broke and they put this stuff with Ricky Gervais and there's no fucking way it, it generates enough interest to make any real money on it. And then they turn around and then they're like, yeah, we spent you know $300 million in the final season of Stranger Things. And it's like, yeah, I figured out why you guys are broke. I, I, I cracked the fucking code. <laughs> I haven't gone broke sooner to be honest like I keep, I keep thinking I don't I haven't understood their business model for forever for essentially I, I've never understood how the money comes in uh, I, yeah I, it doesn't <laughs> I guess that's what we learned recently it just doesn't at this stage fucking Reddit will turn a profit before Netflix will wow ouch poof Need to let people buy awards for Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things, two million times gold. All the facts. Donate directly to Netflix if you like more Stranger Things. Twitch nailed it. You don't the, the you can't buy things with money. People get scared of money, so you got to buy things with bits and boops and bleeps and blops. And that's yeah. the whole thing with Twitch, you know. And that's what. No, oh, I didn't give him two hundred dollars. I gave him two hundred thousand bleep bloops. And it's like, yes, yeah, that's. It's so like, who cares? It's all pretend, except for it's not. And that's what Netflix needs to do. Like, oh, you want from you, where, where they're like, you, Yeah, they're like, you want you want the family package. Well, the family package, obviously, before it used to be thirty four ninety nine. That's a lot of money. Don't got to do that anymore. You got seven hundred whip whops, and okay. that's you're that's what's gonna get you your family pass. And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Thirty five dollars is very expensive, but I'm sure whip whops have a really good cu- currency conversion towards dollars. <laughs> Anyway, Netflix, if you're if you're looking for great ideas like this, hire me anytime. Um, that's fine. We can always talk. Uh, Netflix at mediasuplex.com is where you'll reach me. Uh, <laughs> I do find funny now the idea of Netflix becoming more like Twitch. Like you're watching Stranger Things and it's like a live comment stream from like other people at that stage of the episode. Yeah. The guy just turned, Brian Cranston turns the camera halfway through one episode of Breaking Bad and says, hey, thanks for the sub. <laughs> <laughs> They just cut it in. Every every episode ends with like and subscribe. <laughs> I thought we had to push that bell. But... Make sure you leave a comment that pushes me up the Netflix algorithm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> when are we getting a Netflix deal? When we I get a Squarespace sponsorship. Look, I won't do transphobia, but I guarantee I can make something far funnier than the Pakistani Dalek. I guarantee I can make something far funnier than Ricky Gervais. Um, who, <laughs> I, I think we figured out at this point that Ricky Gervais was the least funny of the trio. I think that's just, you know, that's exactly how it is. Um, mm. You know, so I just, you know, hit us up. We, we can do it. Yeah, did you see Frankie oh. Boyle made some comment about like, you know, Ricky Gervais is talking about how these people are deluded to identify as whatever, but Ricky Gervais identifies as a stand-up comedian. I don't think he's ever... <laughs> That's pretty good. I feel bad, right? So like, people say all the time where it's like, look, everything's so PC now, it's all changed, you know, comedians can't say anything. And I disagree. I, I completely disagree. You can say anything as long as you're funny. But I think the difference is, is that like, you know, 
they just they they don't understand where the line is. Like they're starting off on a negative, and they're starting off like they're just piling onto a fucking bandwagon, which is so like anti-comedian anyway. Like fuck it, like oh, the you know the best comedians of all time that were four corporations and giant business. How funny is that? Let's all clock in for our nine to five, lads. Woo, woo, woo. Like so, you have them like every comedian now just punches fucking down constantly, and I just think that like if they understood where the line was. They could make a trans joke and probably make a really funny one that the trans community would like. But instead, it's just this constant punching down horseshit from some fucking yeah. white millionaire. I do sort of think that comedians probably always did that and we just don't remember the ones who did. Like, I'm sure the, the guys who toured the working man's clubs in the north of England in the 50s and 40s probably dealt yeah. with a lot of racist jokes. But what I mean is that, you know, there's obviously, no matter what timeline you're in, there's going to be stuff you can't say. But as we've gotten further and further, just along society terms, you can't say like this. We've 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 drawn a hard line, and like that's fine. But if you don't want to cross that line, and you know crossing that line is going to get you in trouble, just say any other job. Your job is to be funny. I don't get it. If you know that like the only thing you have left is to be an inflammatory piece of shit, then like you're just not good at your job. It's like the Amy Schumer stuff when she was making the jokes about fucking she she was telling the jokes that they weren't they wouldn't let her make at the Oscars or whatever or wherever the fuck she was supposed to host and didn't or jokes she was supposed to make and like they were so completely fucking unfunny and I just thought like well your writers really like saved you by saying don't say these jokes and then you really just went out and like were determined to put them into the fucking world eh like she made some joke about Alec Baldwin and it was like so like, I can't remember what she said, but basically the joke ends and he's like, oh, t- looking up uh, Alec Baldwin's uh, double barrel shotgun or something fucking stupid. And it's like, what? That's not funny. Like there's like 500 fucking idiots on Twitter that made it an Alec Baldwin joke and it was so much funnier than the professional comedian made it. Fucking hell. Like, come on. Insane. They're not even racy. They're just stupid. You should, I, you should record yourself saying that just respond to every Twitter shit joke. We just, it's not even racy, it's just stupid. Literally, I seen the Amy Schumer thing and I just, my immediate thought was, I can't believe I've seen a bunch of stupid fucking dumb idiots on Twitter make a thousand better jokes than this. And like, your job is to be funny. Like, you are literally the person whose job it is to be funny. And you've toured across the entire world and done hundreds and hundreds of sets, maybe thousands at this point. <laughs> And some fucking dumb idiot in Kansas has a better fucking joke than you do <laughs> with your team. Like, that's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. And then she had this other weird fucking joke where she tried to, like, tie in a bunch of, like, pop culture references to movies. Like, as part of the joke. And, like, none of it really made sense. And there was no real punchline. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I- I'm actually going to find it. Hold on. I I'll- I-, I have to find it because it's-, it's incredibly unfunny. Someone vamp for a second. <laughs> In the meantime, speaking of random Twitter idiots making racy jokes, I saw one of the best racy jokes on Twitter the other day with just someone saying, like, um, rubbing the top of my dildo with chalk like it's a pool cue, which is <laughs> just, like, iconically funny. Racy doesn't offend anyone except the Catholics, and who cares about that? And Ken, Ken, about Ronnie O'Sullivan. Who cares about that? I feel like whenever I see any... any um, any sports news that relates to snooker, it's always the same people and it's been the same people for 30 years. Whereas like any other sport, you hear like it's new names every like five years. If you don't pay attention to the sport, like if you don't pay attention to golf and it'll say, and of course the Masters was won by Johnny Montgomery or whatever. Apparently he's been around for years and he's never been paying attention. But in snooker, you pay attention once and that's you done for the next few decades. (laughs) Do you want to hear her joke? This isn't the Alec Baldwin. I can't find that. But it's, it That's wasn't funny. It was, it, was so, it was something like Alec Baldwin has a double barrel shotgun or something. Fucking dumb. Um, so <laughs> she says, my husband goes down on me, or as he likes to call it, squid game. Okay. Uh... So he's in my nightmare alley, my house of Gucci. I say, come on, come on. He goes, tick, tick, boom. He Belfast. I say, get off my dune. And that's how our son was born. What? That's the joke. She wrote that joke. They refused to let her say it. Not because this is a racy joke. It's just stupid and unfunny and no one likes it. Maybe, and she um, still told people. That feels like a red comment. Maybe, maybe it works on stage with kind of, you know, the tension, the delivery, that kind of thing. Some of these things do. Right. It's, but how, where, it's how she but, tells them. Right, but where's the joke? 
She's just naming movies. Like, there's no joke. They're trying to make and them all sound like they're sexy, but they're not. If well, she rattles, it does tick tick boom. She drinks tequila. I just. I mean, uh, I mean if you read it off like that, it's never going to sound funny. But it could sound funny. It clearly didn't be. sound funny because they rejected it. <laughs> they wouldn't let her say the thing. Well, it's just, it's, you know, I mean. This is going to offend people who want humor. I think she should start making trans jokes because maybe then she'll have an actual fucking punchline somewhere. She's the one comedian I give the exception to. I say go for it if you're Amy Schumer. Everyone else, stop. Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe when you have a baby, you stop being funny. Maybe the baby stole her comedy or something. I don't fucking know. But that's... uh, I can't ever ever call funny or funny. Sorry, Amy. I, I'm not really into her either, but I, like, you know, look, <laughs> I don't know. My my interest in big name comedians anyway pretty much peaked when I was in my late teens. Yeah, I mean, I don't keep up huge comedians, but like, oh, me and Eva go to comedy shows. Well, uh, not so much lately, but me and Eva would go to comedy shows every every now and again, especially like if someone was coming over that like yeah. you, know, you knew we try and go anyway. But, you know, Laughter Lounge was somewhere we went quite a few times, but like. I, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd be inclined. I'd be inclined to go to comedy shows specifically, specifically involving people that I'm not expecting much of. Well, yeah, I think the laughter lounge absolute, is usually pretty good. Absolutely no marks. Yeah, yeah, laughter lounge is usually pretty good for that. You just book in for one of their random comedy nights. We should go to the fringe. I mean, I think, sure. Isn't the problem? Isn't the problem with the fringe that you can very easily end up with someone super shit? What? It doesn't matter. The shows last like 40 minutes each and you're going to go to 10 or 11 a day. That's a good point. Fair, fair. Who cares? Of course you're going to end up in something really shit. We ended up in one um, time we went with Andrew. We ended, we ended up in a tiny karaoke room with 10 other people uh, with a civil servant in his late 50s or early 60s doing drag. It was great. Okay, I was, was almost... Really funny. I still follow him on Twitter, actually. You had almost That's lost me. All the lead up to it, you almost lost me. And then when you said he was doing drag, I was like, you know what, you've pulled me back in. I, I, was, I was so... When you said, like, middle-aged civil servant, I was like, oh, no. I don't want to see someone's fucking dad, Declan, up on stage trying to be... Trying to, like, <laughs> live out a dream. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that. That's... Oh, no. But then when you said drag, I was like, okay, I'm back, I'm back. His name was Jerry Carroll. Crocker Gold was the name of the show. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Speaking of drag, let's towards a new topic. <laughs> we did mine. Did we, though? We did. This, you didn't want to hook on to Mr. Song lyrics. Doesn't mean that it wasn't was, a valid and interesting topic. Was your topic the, the Squid Game joke? Is that, was that your. <laughs> that was your topic. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> A small other uh, thing that I wanted to to to, to mention. Um, okay. With, so when I, so when I was going out to Cork yesterday, like the train had been very clearly um, overbooked. There were people kind of wandering up and down. You know, with that kind of worried look on their face. But clearly, every seat has had a, a booking on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whatever for whatever reason, the people who booked the two seats next to me, like on either side of the table, never showed up. Oh. And the seats were never claimed. People were standing in the aisle. People were standing by the toilet, you know, like clearly uncomfortable, and no one made to sit down because they'd been nominally booked because the name was above them. And, and the fact that, that everyone no point, did it is like the weirdest psychological hang-up. I love that at no point you asked literally anyone that they want to take the seat. You just sat there <laughs> watching them the whole way down. Oh, no. Why would I offer it to them? Like, it's even weird. Like, it's there. I shouldn't have to do anything. Yeah. Right, I know, but seeing them stand there like an asshole and just being like, man, I'm sure glad I have a seat. <laughs> you guys would really love to sit down right now. <laughs> I think like by the time it got the fucking mellow, which is the last stop and clearly no one got on to take the seat, they were just sort of like, oh, yeah. committed now. I've already stood for two and a half hours. Continue. Okay. We need to start wrapping up. However, I have a theory. Now, we need to test this theory out. Go on. 
Stephen, you're aware of my theory already, loosely. I think that no matter how bad a movie could be on paper, there is no fucking way if you go to see it in 4DX, it's not going to save it. <laughs> what is 4DX? 4DX is basically like a motion ride. So you sit in the screen and it bounces around. It blasts air in your face. Sometimes they, they throw sand in your eyes. You know, someone comes up and k- kicks you in the balls while you're trying to fucking try to watch the movie. It's fantastic. Is there a smell of vision component? I don't think there's a smell of vision, but like there's times where like if there's like if it's yeah if there's like if there's like fire on screen, they like start blasting you with hot fucking air. Like it's basically the cinema kicks your ass for two fucking hours while you try and enjoy a film. And I think I think that the chaos, the chaos and the tension of you just trying to fucking survive this movie can turn any mediocre film great. And I want to put this to the test, which is why when Steven asked if I wanted to go see Maverick, I said yes. However, can we go see it in 4DX? Because when when Tom Cruise gets in the plane and he jets off, I want that fucking screen to bounce. I want to get flung around the fucking screen. I want I want Tom Cruise to turn upside down and somehow they've they've programmed the seats to turn upside down and I get dumped on my fucking head and they flip back around again. They bunk me like a cartoon into the wall. I, I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. It's my new theory. We'll go, we need to test this a few times before we can confirm. But believe me, audience, we will confirm. And, and once we do... And granted, 4DX is very limited availability, but once we do, that's your cue to to go and see the Fast and the Furious 10 Part 3 or whatever when it finally comes out. Uh, but you're not interested. It's the 4DX version. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna put we're gonna test it ourselves. We're gonna put my theory to the test. Do we have to? Yes. But do we record live and we'll see screaming? That we won't be able to record live because this cinema will try and kill you. So we're gonna have to post record. That's just for, that's just for recording any uh, intellectual necessarily. Well, I, I don't. I don't think there's any intellect. There's, I don't think there's any IP laws around podcasts during a screening. If you're detected recording anything to do with the film, there will eat you. What if it's for use? Uh, it's in, transformative. You'll be, a, you'll be put into a small screen. You'll be put into the screening room in the world. Where they will constantly show, they will they will screen the uh, waste disposal scene from Star Trek: A New Hope repeatedly until you feel like you've been macerated by a space lizard. You, you go into a small dark room. They put you in a chair. Surprise! It's eight DX. The fucking room itself has been programmed to kill. <laughs> they put the they put the Casino Royale and torture scene on on loop and then. <laughs> <laughs> Two ushers just come in to, and beat you, Sam. Beat you with bats. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted the APX, you got it. <laughs> Mr. Bond, uh, ladies, man, uh, not anymore. I tell you, yeah. think of you know, think of any, Shut up. Think of any movie you don't want to see, and suddenly it'd be a lot better if you're in 4DX. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I have a strong theory, and I'm convinced I'm going to be right. So you're telling me you don't want to go see Top Gun? I I I would watch Top Gun. I'm not super thrilled about it, but the 4DX theory, I'm all on board. They have to program 4DX. It's not like 3D where they just slap on a filter and give you glasses. They program this. They literally program this movie to do certain things at certain times. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I just want to see a film and be able to put my drink down. Steven impossible you're inside the cockpit with tom cruise you're doing the barrel rolls not in the you're size of seats between... they have in the world you're you're Them's for some tell- fat asses. you are gonna be feel like you're in tom cruise's lap they made it so uncomfortable when it's shaking around i'm telling I'd you i'd say that's very bony i tell you there's a bone in there somewhere <laughs> Anyway, we will put this to the test. And I'm telling you, everyone's going to have a great time and love it. Dan, when are you back from Cork? Sunday. Sunday. Perfect. Sometime during next week, we will go and see the 40X Top Gun movie. No, we're not, because we're going Saturday. <laughs> Is it tomorrow? Saturday. Yeah. Can you come? No. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I have plans tomorrow, but also you didn't invite me. Well, you got to go see it twice, Stephen. Sorry, Rob was going. Rob and got. Rob was going with Alan tonight. So, who the fuck are you going with tomorrow? 
What's up next on Saturday? I know that. What's next Saturday? Saturday week. I don't want to yeah. wait. Okay. I can't go. Well, I can't go. I can't go Saturday week. I'm at a wedding. Ah, uh, Stephen Brandon's wedding. Fucking Stephen Brandon. He needs to do a wedding at 40x. I thought it was like late a, June. No, it's the start of June. Huh. He has to go to. He has Jersey law requires him to go to go to uh, Jersey today in order to get married next Saturday. <laughs> it's like IP law. He has to sit in a room, and while he says the I do, they have a 40x altar. <laughs> okay. We need we we do need to wrap up, but we're not going to have another podcast out before the wedding. So I do want to say congratulations to Stephen Branding, best wishes, and have a great time at the wedding. And Steph Brandon, congratulations. Congrats. I mean, I'm going to tell you in person. <laughs> Stephen, we'll say it again in person at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> but for those of us not going, uh, Stephen, I guess we'll hold up his phone mid ceremony and we'll say this. Should I, I reprise this? Should I reprise podcast? my speech now? I haven't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> when when Stephen Brandon first told me he wanted to go see Maverick in 4DX shit I've mixed up my lyrics I'm sorry I missed up the lines I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, Stephen Brandon the whole way through never Stephen never like familiarity <laughs> well that's when the funny Brandon thing Brandon first told me <laughs> that's the funny thing right okay Stephen is marrying Steph with Stephen as his best man uh, it's gonna be a bit confusing you can't even call each other Stephen B yeah, you're that's what I was about to say. You're gonna pay so much attention, you're gonna pay more attention to this wedding than 4DX. <laughs> because if you're not paying attention, you're either gonna accidentally marry Stephen Brandon or marry his fiance. <laughs> but I don't know which one's which, but you're gonna end up doing it. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to stand there and pretend that you're in a 4DX screening and you really need to find out how this movie ends and just be really clued in. I better be really careful when that Stephen shows up on. I have to be really careful about where I sign on the witness form, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I nearly fucked that up for Adam. I nearly <laughs> married Eva by accident. What? I, I, I guess I initially went to the wrong point on the form. Jesus. Like, it's like a second. They tell you where to go. So I was like, here? No, there. Okay. So it's not <laughs> like... <laughs> so where, where, did you, well, where did you... You have to be careful what name you put down because um, it has to match what name they gave the ceremony. So unfortunately, <laughs> our wedding wasn't real because Dan wrote Big Daddy P. Um, and they were they, 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 they didn't like that when we registered the marriage. They weren't happy about that one. Your wedding is more real than any wedding. Not blessed by Big we Daddy went, P. When we went oh. in to register the marriage, they said, wait a minute, this is not the legal name. This is the street name. And he did not sign under the street name category on the page. And they were furious with us. <laughs> They said clearly yeah. someone has not seen 16 blocks with Mo's death. <laughs> Mo's death. Is that who says it? says it? Is it Mo's death? Or is it Mo's death? I assume so. Mo's death. I don't know, dude. It's 2022. <laughs> I, I, I have no room in my brain for this shit anymore. <laughs> Once you're in your third decade, it goes, goes all out the window. <laughs> That's why I'm so on board of the trans community. You want to be called something great, just fucking fill me in and I'll do it. I have no I can't I can't remember all these rules and stuff. I just you just tell me and I'm good with that. Whatever you need. Just, just give me just keep me posted. Can you give me cue cards? Thank yeah. you. We talked about this before. I just need someone to fill I don't have time to keep up with changes in communities or who's cancelled or not cancelled or where I'm allowed to shop or not shop. If someone could fill me in as they go and I'll just follow it, that's excellent. That's all I need. Uh, so, this has been episode yeah, 54 we are, I, think we are, I think we wait wait no we, we should launch a service wokeness is a wokeness is a wokeness is a service oh that's good that's good you're we like e- yeah, yeah we have like an email list and like I was thinking I was thinking I was thinking right more like the Microsoft paperclip guy but with pronouns ah but the pronouns pronouns for an email list at slash Adam yeah <laughs> There you go. There you go. See, we're we're learning. We're learning. We might be in our thirties now, but we're still learning. It's all good. Crime, Stephen Burke. I'm Adam Sherrod. I'm Daniel Perso. I'm Big Daddy P. And of course, it's been episode 54 of Morning Brew. Make sure you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Make sure you comment. Make sure you do whatever. We don't really care, but it does help us out quite a lot. Thank you very much, Stephen Brandon. Thank you very much to everyone at Dan Stag that apparently all listened to the podcast. Thank you to Nathan, and thank you to everyone at home. Goodbye. 
And remember, five plus four is nine. Ice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice.